Well, the McDonald's All-American game rosters were announced last week, and Simeon Wiltshire was left off. Why does Ronald McDonald hate our guy? You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it is Tuesday, January 31st, 2023. Welcome in to the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade. Joining me today is our guy, Jason Jordan. We want to tell you that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, This episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. Coming up on the show, we're going to check in on both Simeon Wilcher and Zayden High, how their senior years are going. Uh, we're also going to talk about some things that I would like to see the Tar Heels do down the stretch to prep themselves for the postseason. But before we get to that, we want to talk about Simeon Wilcher not making the McDonald's All-American game. Was it a snub? Was it not? That's why Jason's here to help us unpack that. As a reminder, every time we have Jason Jordan on, it's brought to us by LinkedIn Jobs, which I'd like to thank LinkedIn for being the official college basketball recruiting sponsor across the Locked On Network. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So post your job right now at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. So Jason, last week, the McDonald's All-American rosters roll out. I think a lot of Tar Heel people were expecting maybe to see Simeon Wilcher um, mm-hmm. and others, maybe not. And so just right out of the gate, my question to you is why does Ray Kroc and Ronald McDonald and the Hamburglar and everyone else associated with the Golden Arches hate our guy Simeon Wilcher. I think he he eats a lot of Chick Fil A. It's pretty clear, <laughs> you know. That, that, that's pretty obvious. The Chick Fil A needs to talk about. The question is why does Chick Fil A have an all? all yes. Hey, let's get that going. I love it. <laughs> I'm going there for dinner tonight for crying there out loud. There you go. There I'll you go. Doing while I'm there. Yeah, Chick Fil A never misses. I'm not mad. Um, I definitely <laughs> think. He's on a short list, and I do mean short, maybe two, three guys long. Uh, that could make a stronger case for certain guys on the McDonald's team. And he um, – so that would definitely qualify him in the snub category. I I thought he should have made the game, um, you know, based off his summer and, you know, on into his high school season. So um, he's he's been strong in both regards, and I feel like he's ascended – uh, over the spring and summer, and even now, playing with Big Mac. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no pun intended. Uh, but, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely think he 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 was definitely um, he he was probably likely surprised that he didn't make it. I would say that. So, if you, Jason Jordan, you were putting these rosters together. Are you saying you would have you would have had him on one of the two? I mean, probably the East, since that's where he lives. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay. Now, on the flip side of that, obviously he didn't make it. Make right. make the case for me, because obviously we we do these things. We we always find a way to spin whatever. So if you're the selection kit committee, make a case for me as to why he didn't make this roster. Well, I think I think they won. 
how can I say this without them being nice? Uh, I think they wanted certain people to be on the sideline at this game, is what I think. And I'm not saying it's true. <laughs> not saying that I heard this, or I'm not saying I didn't hear. I'm just saying, you know, I think they wanted certain people to be on the sideline. I think they wanted certain um, fanfare at this uh, event. And uh, I think they got it. And I think they're fine with that. So. Listen, I don't mind saying names. They want LeBron James hanging out watching Brownie on the sideline. Is let's, LeBron let's... coming? Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if he was going to make it. Okay. Well, hey, uh, you know. So, uh... <laughs> so Jason, I, I've said the name. We'll let you continue on in the anonymity of it so that okay. I, I know you've got interests you've got to protect, and I hear that. But let's just, in a world where there is a certain player that that the mcdonald's corporation would like to see on the sideline along with the entourage that comes along with that um is is such a player a better basketball player right now than simeon wilcher no 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 i don't think anybody would say that i mean here's the thing and and this is why i'm big on what did you do because i'm not a fortune teller you know so if you see you can make that argument you could be like well, no, he's a better prospect. I mean, look at him. He's got the stature. He he looks good in drills. You know, he he got the instincts. He's got the pedigree. You could make that case, right? Because you're like, oh, Simeon's not like LeBron in high school. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Um, so you if you're doing so then because I know that people do that and that's how they justify things, they'll be like, Yeah, but we project him to be this. And then they don't come back in three years and say, my projection sucked. It was terrible. I was wrong. I'm just horrible. They hope you forget. And you do forget because people's attention span is two days. New, right. The news cycle is two days, right? So three years, certainly, you're like, oh, I'm you're, you're so petty bringing up old things. I'm on to the next class. So that's an easy way to get out of it. The way you don't get out of it is to go by what they actually did against elite prospects, right? So let's talk about. The Peach Jam. Okay. Right? We'll talk about it. Um, well, Simeon was a co-MVP of the Peach Jam, averaging 19, 5, and 5. Now, we all say, and I had this conversation this week three times with the NBA scout, with uh, multiple recruiting guys um, that cover Peach Jam and EYBL. And I say that because they're the best. This period. Sorry, Adidas. Sorry, I know. <laughs> so we said oh. that Peach Jam is the greatest, tur- most talented-laden tournament in the summer. It is not even close. I'm talking about on planet Earth at that age group. That is the tournament. And nobody will disagree with that. Nobody ever will disagree with that. So he averaged night. He dominated Peach Jam. Simeon dominated Peach Jam. Caleb Foster dominate. I mean dominated. <laughs> he averaged like 30. Like over over like five games, he's averaging like thirty. I mean, come on! Like respectfully, Le- Brownie wasn't in Peach Jam. He was in Peach Invitational. That's right. I'm not trying to be funny. He's, don't get it They were just in the same gym, but it's the B level tournament. It just. It, I'm sorry, people. I know that hurts to hear. He, you know, and so that means he didn't play against as good a competition. Now he probably he had a good game. I think he had like 25 in a night game. I remember it. Um, But, you know, it was his overall performance was, I would say, solid. But I think he's a solid player. So I expect solid. Star, one of the 24, 
No, not in my opinion. No, I think Simeon should be upset. I think Caleb Poster should be upset. And I think Layden Blocker should be upset. Those three guys should be upset. If if I'm talking top three, those are my top three. They should they should legitimately be upset. Um, well, let's, let's invite in. them to our Chick-fil-A Invitational. Jason, yeah, we got it no, going? No yeah, I'm absolutely. absolutely. I'm here for that. Waffle sandwiches at halftime and all of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it's one thing to say I would have included him on a roster. It's another thing if we actually do it, because that means you got to take somebody out that right. made it. Obviously, we're talking Bronny James is, is an obvious way to do that, but he's on the West Coast roster, and I know we're trying to keep this at least somewhat geographically sound. Mm-hmm. So as we look at the East roster, is there somebody perhaps that we could switch out Simeon Wiltshire for? And I'm not asking you to besmirch any of these young men. They're all phenomenal basketball players. But when, when we look at the East roster, which, by the way, includes his own high school teammate, Mackenzie McBacco, right? Um, like, is there a certain player that you would switch him out for? Or is it just like, listen, I don't know who it would be, but mm-hmm. I would have Simeon on that roster. I'm looking at it. Um, it's, tough, it's tough to say because, like, the G, I, for, by the way, I don't know who does the, the geographical locations of these two, of these rosters, but they, <laughs> a lot of them are certainly not on the East. I don't no, know. No, I'm trying to figure it. out how we're doing that. Um, uh, oh, hard to say. I mean, Bryony was my easy pick. Well, um, let's go with that. I mean, if, if we're not too tied into geographical yeah. whatever, then let's just say Bronny and be done with it. Bronny, uh, you know, potentially El Marco Jackson. Um, but I, I think, he, you know, I think he had a pretty strong case, too. But if I had to take one off the East, I probably would. I probably would go that route. I thought, I thought Stephen Castle had an amazing spring and summer, too. So, um, yeah, but but both of those guys were deserving, you know, but I think I think we take we're nitpicking. Right. Right. If we're nitpicking. All right. We got to I think we got to take Bronny. Oh man, and what a what a difficult locker room moment that is to go uh, see your high school teammate Mackenzie and be like, ah, bro, you made it. I did. Like, how, Here, how it, do you? This is my thing, and I hate to harp on Bronny because be be clear. Like, I think Bronny has gotten a lot better. I think he definitely um, has a bright future ahead. Hopefully, they let him go at his own pace because I think that's the best way that he's gonna achieve. I don't think they will, but I would love for that to be the case. That said, um, you know, I just he just not one of the twenty-four. And, and here's the question, and then I'm gonna drop the mic. I don't have a mic, but it, it's invisible. Okay, I'm holding it. If if that was Brian Johnson, not Bryony James. And all things are similar other than the fact that his dad is not LeBron. This would not even, we wouldn't even know who he, like, and I'm there. See, did you see it drop? Okay. It's like it crashed. It made all the noise. Come on. I mean, knock it off. Like we'd be like, Oh, Oh my man. uh, Zero's good. Like I like him. Yeah. He'd be a good piece, but we're not saying we can't wait to see him in Houston. Yep. You know, so. I get the frustration. Some people were very frustrated with that on uh, social media. A lot of people, but a lot of people, you know, where I talked about this too, where, you know, star kids in the past, they get hate. Bronny doesn't get a lot of hate. A lot of people love Bronny. And I mean, because he's so quiet, (laughs) because they they don't, uh, he can't talk. 
they don't allow him to talk. So, you know, I think it's because I think that has served him well to have a lot of positive um, interactions with fans. Like they don't it's just they don't know his personality. They don't know anything really about him. And I'm not mad at that, you know, as a father. But to some degree, if we want this lifestyle and we want, um, you know, we want, you know, to play together and some of this is not going to be able to be controlled. And he's getting to the age where I'm so curious how they're going to do it at uh, McDonald's because it's, you know, it'll probably be like they did with uh, Zion where they they kind of keep him close to the vest um, mm-hmm. and they don't let people talk to him. But it'd be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be a circus now. It'll definitely be a circus. McDonald's is going to be absolute, and he's the only undecided prospect in the game. That's I mean, right. Whew, man, God bless. Well, it will be an interesting circus at the McDonald's All American Game for sure. But it will not include Simeon Wilcher, who you and I, Jason, both think should be there now Simeon is having a great senior year as is Carolina's other commit in the class of 2023 Zayden High we want to unpack both of those guys senior years how they're doing Jason's going to give us an update on that in just a second but first today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because it's the number one sports book in America and if you're new to FanDuel even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. So download FanDuel right now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to here this number $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. I almost want to tank a bet, Jason, so that I can get $3,000 back, but you know, whatever. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. All of these parlays, anything, you can do it. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Hey, when you're the official partner, official partner, we can actually say Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. I'm not going to get in trouble at all because I can say it. Wow. Love all of that. All right, Jason, getting back into talking about these two guys in Carolina's class of 2023, at least in terms of high school commits. Carolina has Simeon Wiltshire, who we've been talking about, and Zayden High. I'd love to just take a couple minutes and if you would give us just an update on how they're both performing, what yeah. you're hearing and seeing, uh, maybe areas they have grown this year, maybe areas they still need to grow. Let's start with Simeon Wilcher. Yeah. So a uh, great senior season. He's playing with uh, Mbako, who your fans will love to hate eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Next season, he'll be a Duke. And he did make the McDonald's All-American game. Oh, man. Chip so uh, right there. <laughs> right. So, um you know, this is their. This was his first year transferring to play with Simeon, and you know those guys are meshing very well together. I think Simeon's averaging around 15 a game. Um, had big games. Is continuing to thrive as a playmaker. Continuing to thrive with the ball in his hands. I'm so curious to see how they use him because um, they're going to have to use him. He's going to have to be on the court. We've had these conversations more and more, but he's really thriving. It's almost like. I mean, I hate to call him a point guard because he's so talented as a um, downhill scorer, but yeah. and you know from the perimeter, but just continue to thrive as a playmaker and a guy that will be able to be certainly interchangeable in the backcourt 
for the Tar Heels next season. But um, definitely meshing well with talent on his team. And that's something that, you know, obviously he'll have to deal with uh, at the next level. Yes, indeed. Any Anything you're still looking to see from him would be like, man, I'd love to see Wiltshire continue to grow in this aspect of his game. He's one of the few guys. No, not really. I mean, it, a lot of his game is because, you know, I, I really respect his approach and his mentality hmm. um, because he's a guy who really doesn't, you know, he's not a, he's not going to be on every interview. He's not like thirsty. You know, he really is a head down, lunch pail work guy. Um, so I don't tend to worry about those guys, but that list is short <laughs> and he, and he, and it's one deep <laughs> and it's Simeon Wiltshire. <laughs> and that's the kind of person that Hubert Davis has said over and over yeah, and yeah, over yeah. again that I want in my locker room and on my team and around my guys. You love yeah. to hear that. Well, let's switch our attention to Zayden high, who is yeah. the less heralded of the two, but certainly a phenomenal basketball player in his own right. And also having a nice senior season. Yeah, loving him. He's thriving as a stretch forward AZ Compass who plays in the NIBC, which is by far and away the number one basketball league in the country. Um, they play with Montverde, IMG. They're they're number three behind Montverde and IMG. Not so you'll see them on TV a lot. I mean, I think yeah. they, they're they on TV this weekend, you know, um, in the NIBC. So definitely check that out on ESPN+. But um, he's coming off a 28-14 game, thriving as a stretch forward, knocking down shots, scoring in the paint finishing with both hands. So, I mean, when you're on a team with Mookie Cook, Drew Washington, Farrell Compton, those guys, um, and you are arguably the best player on your team, I mean, that's telling in and of itself. So his ascension um, is continuing to get steeper and steeper, and he's definitely going to be a piece that you guys are going to be able to use next season. Yes, and and as we've seen this year in Chapel Hill, the, the absence of as – effective a stretch for as Carolina had last year and Brady Manick is something that is is keeping the Tar Heels from reaching their ceiling and so as Jalen Washington works more into that type of role getting Zayden high in next year you know that coach Davis and the rest of the coaching staff are elated about adding him to the mix with that said is he someone that to you projects to be able to get I mean I you don't imagine he'll be in the starting lineup from day one but somebody that will be able to get 10 to 15 minutes a game in that stretch four type role next yeah, year? Yeah, I mean, you know, from a from a, a a an ability and talent standpoint, yes. But I mean it's Hubert. It's so we gotta <laughs> see what, we gotta see what is Hubert gonna use him? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like so I you gotta be honest, Hubert Hubert it takes him a little while to get the he got trust issues. I don't know. I think you think Hubert has trust issues. Um so we'll see. But from a talent standpoint, yeah, I mean that, you know, knocking down the perimeter jump shot is the ultimate equalizer, and he does it really well um, at his size. That is something that's always going to be a valuable asset, especially in you guys' offense. So I would love to – I hope that he's at a 10 to 15 range because I think he'd be very productive at, with that type of time on the court. Great stuff. Simeon Wilcher, Zayden High. We will keep our eyes on their high school season as it progresses. Coming up next, I want to talk about what I believe Carolina needs to do in the stretch run of the season, 10 more regular season games to get back to the places they were at at the end of last year. What's it going to take? I'll get you that in just a second. I want to finish up today by building on what we talked about on yesterday's show, where we looked at kind of the shape of the ACC stretch run for the Tar Heels. They've got 10 games left, the final half of the schedule. 
what I've done is just kind of process through what does North Carolina need to do to reach the success that they did down the stretch last year. And I've come up with five things that I think are pivotal to their success to get to where they were last year. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what you think some of these are. If you agree with me, disagree, extra things, share those in the comments, tweet at me, whatever it may be. So I'm going to give you these five things. First, though, uh, we heard on Monday from Coach Davis that it sounds like RJ Davis is going to be available for Wednesday night's game against Pittsburgh. That is great news, although it sounds like he will have a black eye. That's just going to make him more intimidating, right? It'll be great. All right, here are the five things for me. Number one, Carolina has to get healthy. Uh, it's just a fact. I mean, I know in any season, any team around the country has nicks and bruises and, and such, but Carolina has just dropped a lot of games this year. Now, part of the great news is that you cannot begin to underestimate how important it has been for the Tar Heels to have had this past week off. Remember, they played last Tuesday at Syracuse and then don't play again until tomorrow night, Wednesday, at home, another big thing, against Pittsburgh. And so to have that heading into this final 10-game stretch is important for so many things, you know, practice and getting stuff put together, but really getting healthy. Part of that's because there are no more breaks of this nature. Ten more games, five weeks straight of like midweek weekend midweek weekend it goes Wednesday Saturday Tuesday Saturday Monday Sunday Wednesday Saturday Monday Saturday so two of those you have that Saturday Monday turnaround so think of all the here's just like a sampling of some of the health things we just talked about RJ's eye and general body right that just got all banged up at Syracuse Mondo's ankles and his shoulder Puff Johnson's knee Pete Nance's back, uh, Leaky Black's been in a walking boot. So like all of this, hopefully the Tar Heels have been able to get some rest and recuperation and are ready to go for the stretch run. Because again, no more breaks. So health, getting healthy is number one. Number two thing I think the Tar Heels need to do to reach last year's levels of success is role definition. We've been talking about this all season and, and even leading up to the season, but what part of what really made the Tar Heels go down the stretch last year was in particular that starting five knew exactly what they needed to do to make the team successful. It took, you know, uh, several months into the season, November, December, and January to tinker and figure out what that was. But man, in, in late February and on, they really found their stride. It felt like RJ, Caleb, Leakey, Mondo, Brady, all five of them knew exactly what they needed to do and they executed it perfectly. They were strong where each other was weak. They, they complimented each other. And I don't mean like I give you a compliment. I mean, like in the way that a husband and wife compliment spelled differently one another. And so part of what that is, is knowing what those roles are. And I know they're working on figuring that out so they can do that and not just knowing it, but it's accepting it and then enacting it. They have to do all three of these things. Know what my role is. I have to accept my role. And then I have to execute that role. That's what's going to make this team go. That's, for example, what's making Kansas go. They are not the most talented team in the country, but that team knows and accepts its role. And I think Carolina can do that. I don't doubt that as a possibility, but they got to go out and do it. Number three, what does Carolina have to do to be successful down the stretch? Caleb Love has to be Caleb Love. Um, we, we've, uh, this is another thing we've talked about all season long. 
Um, he's just not, you know, like anytime North Carolina gets behind in a game, here's a good way to think about it. You always know the runs coming, right? At some point, the Tar Heels are going to make a push. It's just a matter of when it happens. I feel like the same thing is happening with Caleb this year. It's like Caleb is in there and it's going to come out at some point. It's just a matter of when it happens and how long he sustains that. Now, I thought there were great signs in the game last week at Syracuse. I thought that was one of the most complete games he had this season. Some foul trouble curtailed at some in the first half, but he really did a nice job. Is that a sign of things to come? I sure hope so. Um, but if, if the Tar Heels are going to reach their ceiling, he's got to be the best version of himself to match what's already happening. It can't just be RJ Davis and Armando Baycott as it's been for several weeks now, right? It's like, you know, you're going to get high level production from one of, if not both of those guys. Um, but you need to know that coming into any game, you have three dudes who can drop an efficient 20, not just drop 20, an efficient 20 that that's important. Right. I'm not looking for you to drop 20 on 15 or 16 shots. I'm looking for you to drop 20 on eight, nine, 10 shots. Right. Like that's the efficiency we're looking for. So if Carolina can have those three guys, man, how much that that can do that, how much more difficult does that make the opposition scouting report game in and game out? Carolina has to have Caleb Love being Caleb Love. Number four, what does Carolina need to do to reach their heights? The defense has to lock in. North Carolina's defense has had some good moments this season. They've had other moments that have been less good. As you look at their defensive efficiency at Ken Palm, they've sat outside the top 50 a lot of the season. And in fact, uh, several weeks of, of a stretch here, they've been in the 60s. Here's the good news. Last game or two, they've moved into the 50s. And as of the time of this recording, they are 53rd in defensive efficiency in the nation. So here's what's interesting. This defense continues to creep up and it's got to keep doing so for Carolina to get where they want to get. Part of that is that they're just not hitting shots at the same level as last year. The, the offense is good, but it itself ranks outside the top 20 in offensive efficiency nationally. And so to balance that, either the offense has to really pick up or the defense keeps growing. Now, I'm not saying they got to be top 10 good in defensive efficiency, but if they could even get into the 30s, and, and that's still a climb. That's 13 spots from where they're at right now. That could make Carolina do what they need to do. And so uh, a lot of that is cohesion as a defensive unit. A lot of that is individual defensive efforts, but playing together as one. I've got to see more of that. And again, they can do it. I mean, plays like we just talked about RJ's injury. Part of that is him making an individual effort to sacrifice his body for the good of the team. If you get more and more of that, that's great. And uh, you've, again, you've got the pieces. It's not just leaky. You've got Seth Trimble. You've got Puff Johnson, guys who can be great defenders, just want to see it continue to grow. And then the fifth thing, someone's got to surprise us. I feel like you really know what you've got with, as we said a little bit ago, RJ, Caleb, when he's Caleb, and Armando from an offensive standpoint. You also know what you're getting with Leaky more often than not from a defensive standpoint. And you get the, you get the bonus of his offense here and there and everywhere um, and, and more often than normal this year. But outside of those four, who's it going to be? Last year, you had the four scores in Leaky. You knew 
that in any game, kind of similar to what we said a minute ago with Caleb, you knew in any game that RJ, Caleb, Armando, or Brady could go off for 20. And that Leaky was going to sh- just shut down whoever it was. Like he'll, he's going to have to do against Jamarius Burton on Wednesday night versus Pitt. You were not keeping all four of those guys out of the box score. That's not been the case this year. So who is it going to be? Who's going to join RJ, Caleb, and Mondo? Need that fourth score. Is it Pete? Hopefully it's Pete himself. Is it Jalen Washington? I think the pieces are there for him to be so good offensively and defensively. But talking about scoring, it's just like, is he ready this year from a game? Like I'm back in game shape fully and can do that. Is it Puff Johnson? Is it Seth Trimble? Somebody's got to surprise us and just add something they haven't been yet. I want to see who that's going to be. That's the fifth thing I'm watching for, for Carolina to get back to last year's heights. I think they can do it. I believe that if you're watching or listening to the show, you feel the same. You think that this Tar Heels team can put it back together. Maybe you don't. Maybe you disagree with me, and that's fine because this is sports, and this is what we do on podcasts and stuff. We talk about differences and things we agree and disagree with, but I legitimately think they can do it. They just have to. So once again, would love to hear your thoughts. What do you think Carolina needs to do to get to their highest possible ceiling? Well, that's it for today's show. Coming up tomorrow, Coach Pat Kilby joins me as we preview the Pittsburgh game. I want to get his thoughts on the closing stretch run for the Tar Heels this year as well. Would be honored if you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, That's one of the great ways to help this show continue to grow. If you've not done that, it would mean so much to me and the show. Don't forget to smash the like button, subscribe to the show. We're getting so close to 5,000 on YouTube and leave comments. You can also email the show, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you there. For your second listen, check out Locked On Basketball, where myself and Andy Patton bring you the joy of college basketball five days a week. Honestly, what is better? Make sure you tune in on YouTube and anywhere else you get podcasts. Hey, really appreciate you hanging out with me on a Tuesday talking Carolina sports. Always a great day to be a Tar Heel. You know it is. All right. Until tomorrow, I'll talk to you then. Peace.